0: I have always wanted to see Paris. Let's go to the Eiffel Tower and have a croissant with some red wine. Oh my God, it'd be so romantic.
1: <laughs> Maybe all of the Australians go to Bali because all the German girls come to Australia. All right, I get it.
0: Different windows, different doors. But, you know, like, you know, like, okay, this guy drinks coffee funny and everyone smokes. Cool, I've seen Europe. AFI. Backstage stories. Okay. What's up, man? How you doing?
1: I'm doing quite good. I upgraded my home office again, got a second good working podcast microphone and a second screen so I can check the levels while um, Skyping with you. Even better. Oh. So we're only getting more more and more professional. What about you? I saw you you being played on the the big stations now.
0: Man. Well, first I want to say congratulations. It's always nice to get new gear. I love that feeling. Um, yeah, man, I guess the label's doing, uh, stuff that I could not do alone with the last, uh, couple of records, which feels good. Yeah, actually I wrote it down here so that we could talk about it. They're going to, we're doing like, um, uh, tomorrow evening I'm going to, so this is coming out Thursday. So this'll be, yeah, tomorrow's Wednesday. So maybe someone will hear it already, but, um, they're going to have an interview on uh, Bayern 3, which is really cool because I've only ever been on, uh, for, for Bayerische Wundfunk, I was like on Bayern's Fie and Puls, which are really cool. They're a bit more indie, maybe like more, like I wouldn't say, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Um, Bayern, Bayern 3 is a bit more like mainstream, which is cool. It's a bigger audience. And, um, and then, Tonight actually the song is going to be on the Pop Shop program on SWR3. Also.
1: Nice buddy. Which is really cool. Super cool.
0: That's really nice. Um and there's a, another there's another station in Hamburg called Tide and we're going to do an interview next Tuesday. So maybe we're going to do that next Tuesday. I'm not sure if it comes out the same day or not, but um we can put a link into uh the description or something about that but yeah man i'm really i'm really happy with the stations the song's getting played on it's definitely a better um definitely a better radio turnout than the last record for sure
1: yeah it's crazy because like you said um sr3 and and bayern 3 are are radio station stations which millions and millions of people listen to every day so that's definitely a big step. That's congratulations, mate.
0: That's very cool. That's very cool. Yeah, actually, I got a little bit curious and googled the um, the like daily listeners for Bayan and it's something like three million a day, which is still crazy to me that people that there's still enough people listening to radio every day because you imagine it's. I always pictured it kind of like how television. Um, still has, you know, a lot of viewers, but it like standard television viewing kind of dipped a bit once they got into, you know, paid programming and streaming and like with music and stuff too, it's all streaming and you can kind of like, you know, pay for a small service and skip the commercials. But with um, a lot of people still listen to radio, uh, you know, in their car or at the office or something, it's really interesting.
1: Yeah, that's a a super, super interesting um, point because... Um, we once talked about this when I um, studied uh, journalism, um, and it was a, a discussion about the future of, of certain media outlets, etc. Um, and there are um, some experts who predict to, or th- who predict that radio w- will survive um, in the in the long run against TV. Because radio is something you can consume while doing anything. And there are so many people who work in offices where they can listen to, to, to music and uh, listen to, to radio in cars, etc. Taxi drivers et- and so on and so on. You can do many things while listening to radio. You can do your laundry, you can feed your, your children or whatever. You can not do that while... while um, watching tv do you think
0: that's like the pure reason why radio will outlast uh television just because it can be on in the background i mean do you think that's also the same for like podcasts i guess so right
1: Mm. yeah i guess it's so i i guess so first of all i definitely don't know what's gonna happen and i'm on my own um obviously no no expert for these kind of um predictions and research but i guess that um podcasts um have to take advantage of that as well because they 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 combine the the factor that you can listen to it while doing whatever with the whole um non-linear um listen to what you want whenever you want factor that's why why it works so so good and i i think um, there will always be some form of, of radio. Maybe... I, I could imagine that at some point podcasts will be bigger than what we know as radio, um, especially in Europe. But I guess this, this form of medium has the potential to to survive for a long, long time. Yeah. I mean, it's
0: always, you know, like... I remember always as a kid too, like you always hear radio, um, you know, kind of in the background at the gas stations or, uh, you know, in someone's car at a red light or, um, at the restaurants or something. And it feels like something that was kind of always there and it doesn't, it's interesting to even think about it. Like, I guess it isn't really something that's going to be pushed away so easily, as, um, television could be with streaming taking over and being so huge now with Disney plus and HBO plus and, um, or, or whatever it is and Netflix, of course. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely happy about it. I'm definitely happy that radio's still around because, um, for, for music, like getting on stations like this, that still have such a big, um, following, that's kind of like the the bread and butter for a musician to get exposure, especially now that we can't even perform anywhere, you know, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, but what I'm super interested in, because I only know how this works at the radio station I'm working at, um, which is super niche and super into this indie bubble, so I don't know how it works, um, how the procedure works at bigger stations, Um, but will they... At Bayandra, you will be there for an interview, and they'll play your song. But after that, is there already a form of procedure? Um, okay, we're gonna play your song after that in this and this rotation, or is it just okay? We'll play it one time after the interview, and if the people tend to like it, we might play it again in some form of rotation. Or do you know how this how this works? For
0: Bayandra, I know. I know that we have. Um, I know that they will. Yeah, we'll do, we're gonna do the interview. I'm gonna do it from home. And uh, we'll do it like an hour before they play it or so. Um, and I guess they'll play the song with it. But I don't know. Maybe I could even... A- I should probably ask the label if they're going to put it into rotation or not. That would really change the game. Because I know that this last interview I did, um, if you remember this smaller station in Freudenstadt, they they put the the song and the interview into rotation they did the interview like four times last week and they've been playing two songs of mine like every day, which is really cool. And I know, I know it's in rotation on Pulse. I think it's in rotation on Bayern Sphi. I know it's in rotation on, of course, our radio, M94.5, um, but with something as big as Bayern 3 or as big as... Um, SWR3 or it also played on FM FMFIA FM4, so stations like this I don't know if it's in rotation or if they just play it once or twice but I think with, with FM4, I think it must be in rotation because I only found out that it was being played because um, a colleague from the school was driving her kids home and heard it and then called me so no, you know, the label didn't tell me ahead of time like, hey, you can announce it I just found out, you know
1: but that's cool. But it's an, an, an totally an, an interesting point. Maybe at some um, for some uh, episode, we might get um, <laughs> someone who works at the bigger radio station to tell us how these kind of procedures um, work there. Because um, I'm not I'm not sure about it. I've heard about how 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 they have these these kind of deals with with bigger labels, etc., And there's a, a special workflow and I'm um, regarding the, the, the charts. Yeah. But with, with smaller artists, I have no idea. Yeah.
0: I'm really not sure. I don't know if there's, yeah, I don't know if there's like an agreement with the label saying, you know, can we ask for a, you know, 10 plays or something? I'm not sure how it works, but, um, and it could also be, I mean, I know the situation at, uh, Pools with the last record was that, you know, every couple of hours or, you know, every few hours there's a new uh, DJ who plays like their own selection. And that's also the same, I think, at your station for the most part. So that's, that's also part of it. Like if you have more than one DJ that likes the track, then maybe it's going to be in their personal rotation. So at these huge stations, I I really don't know. I, I know there's a guy, um, I should probably get in touch with him. There's a German guy that I made friends with, um, Pretty early on when I moved here, I think like in 2016, and he worked for Pulse at the time, and he was kind of my uh, coordinator for. Do you remember this um, this Pulse live session that we did with uh, Henny and uh, Mark when we played
1: Woman and Parade? Yes, sir. Um, he was amazing performance amazing video cool cool set we need to to put the link oh the
0: yeah that would be cool
1: um it's really nice to watch and listen to
0: thanks man yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty proud of those i think my singing's gotten better but i i do like that performance and um and henny was amazing and and uh and hannes and and mark it was it was a good 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 group for that uh for that gig and uh he was my this guy sebastian Schafstein. do you know him by any chance?
1: Uh, yes, obviously because um, I I heard of him and know what he's doing because you he he works in kind of the same business, obviously at a, at a way bigger station, and you you always look for what what the people there are doing. Plus, at one of your first birthday parties, I've been to in Munich. It's been in the in the old flat. I guess it's been the party where I slept in your bathtub. Another funny story <laughs> <laughs> we um, <laughs> might bring up at another point. But I um, I met him there and, and um, with a cool conversation. But it's, I don't know, five years ago? Already? Something like this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, four, four or five years ago. Yeah. Ah, I think it was five. Yeah, it was 2000. Maybe it was the first, like my first... M- like three or four months I was living here or something. I don't even know how I knew this. I don't remember how I met this guy, but um, super friendly, extremely friendly guy. Um, and he, yeah, he was working for Bayerischer Rundfunk at the time. And I think now he's at and dry So now I think if he's still there, he might know how they make that work. I could even ask him, what the standard procedure is for something like uh, an indie song like this, um, he might have some insights I could ask about.
1: Cool, cool. But those are basically all of these. Those those radio stories are super um, cool news. I'm super happy for you because I think it's definitely a step in the in the right direction. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, it's same with me mu- regarding your latest music. Super cool. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. I think with, uh, with the song, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that like, you know, I'm so used to there being a pretty strong buzz on something for a month, maybe two, you know, like obsessing over the numbers and seeing how the ads go on like, you know, on Google or seeing, you know, what I can contribute and seeing what things come organically and stuff. And, um, And, you know, then it kind of, I'm so used to it after a month or two, just kind of petering out. And then I just focus on the next thing. And uh, this is the first release, which I have to say is definitely because of the participation with this record label. But, um, you know, getting like every week, there's like a new email that either says, um, you know, we want to, we want to let you know that this is going on or, hey, it's playing here or this person wants an interview or something like, you know, it's not like crazy it's not um but but it's much more than uh than the last stuff and uh i'm very thankful for that i think it's really nice i remember we talked about before this thing came out that i was i was hopeful but also you know kind of hesitant to to have too high of uh, hopes for what the song might do because i've always you know been in my own control and been too afraid to get my hopes too high and stuff and um i have to say that um you know, if, if nothing else happened after today, then I'm very thankful that we got these additional interviews and got, uh, airplay on these bigger stations, because that's just something I couldn't do alone. It just, I don't know if it was the right song at the right time, but I just, that's something that they've definitely helped out with. So I can be very thankful for that. Um, funny story. I just, um, so I have this guy, Phil, who, uh, works at this, um, I'm not even sure how I would describe the company that he works for. Maybe you have a better word for it in German, but he basically works for a company that he founded that helps artists, uh, track and register all of their GEMA, uh, uh, tracks. And he basically like, he, he doesn't work as a publisher, but he basically makes sure that, you know, it's, it's registered and accounted for and the GEMA payouts are accurate. So there's nothing missing. And that's, really important. (laughs) Um, and he, he's super friendly and he's, he's becoming a, a, a good friend. And, um, uh, he wrote me, uh, he wrote me like three days ago and he said, Hey, um, uh, you know, this song, uh, on your last record, I think it was, um, I think it was the, like the intro, maybe just introduction with, with this voice of George talking. He's like, uh, intro doesn't, isn't, isn't registered with any lyrics. And I was like, Oh, okay. I was like, well, maybe I, maybe I put something in there wrong. I was like, but you know, it's, it's just an instrumental with, uh, some talking. So you, you know, you don't have to worry about, um, about that. And he was like, Oh, okay. Oh, I see that. Oh, I see that stars is the, the lyrics aren't registered for stars. And I was like, "What?" And then he started listing down, and all twelve out of the fifteen songs with singing, uh, I think probably I fucked it up, but uh, <laughs> there's there none of the text were, were registered at all.
1: With Gema, but what uh, for 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 anyone who's who's not into into music business um, regarding this special case, what does it mean for you? if your lyrics aren't registered?
0: Well, probably for someone like me, it doesn't change too much, but it kind of just says like, so So for Americans, GEMA is the German version of ASCAP or BMI, which are just royalty collection agencies, the companies that see where your song is played on the radio or on Spotify or television or whatever. And they, they say they have like a code, for that song and they see that that code has been you know the number has gone from two to six and they can say okay that code has been that song has been played four times so they track you know like the 0.00019 percent of royalty attributed to that song and then they add it up and then after a certain point you get a payout and everyone who's not you know fucking Billie Eilish probably knows that that payout's never really much anyway. Um, unless you're really, really blowing up or you know how to run the system. I have a few friends who really know how to play the system, but I, I'm not very good at it. Um, and, uh, it doesn't really change too much. It just basically means like on this form where I've registered the song, the title I've registered that, like I wrote the song that it's my vocals. It's my, my copyright, all that stuff. Um, the ownership of the lyrics were missing for all of those songs. So, I mean, technically it's not great because if someone were to like hack into my game or if someone else had access, they could, um, claim that the texts were written by them. And if one of the songs did blow up and get successful, then, you know, they would get like, I don't know, 25% cut or whatever it is of, of that aspect. And, um, Thankfully he noticed it and now he's he registers everything for me now so he he put everything back in like all the songs registered by me and um, so that was <laughs> it's not that funny of a story but i was just i felt so dumb i felt so dumb like i had just missed a huge chunk of information on like a really obvious thing
1: Yeah yeah i totally know that feeling i guess everyone has that once in a while
0: Um oh but i actually um on a bright note, I wanted to uh, mention to uh, listeners who definitely won't know about this, but uh, some friends of mine in New Orleans uh, a couple of years ago made a feature film that uh, they had circulated into like indie film festivals around America um, for the, yeah, the last year or so, the last um, festival cycle. And they won a lot of awards, and they got a lot of official selections, and they did really well with it. And the film um, starring Matt Martinez, which is the the person behind the song Stars, um, and a few, like, all the filmmakers are friends of mine. A lot of the actors are all friends of mine. I went to school with them at the University of New Orleans, super proud of them. That in, in the film, they have Linda Hamilton, who plays Sarah Connor in the Terminator movies. They have, uh, you know, featuring parts, like little parts with John Goodman, who's a New Orleans uh, native, uh, Harry Shearer, who um, many people would know as like a very important voice on The Simpsons and lo- lots of other like Spinal Tap and stuff he's in there, Um. They have a guy... I hate that I forget his name, but he's a character on Mad Men. Um, And they have the father from the film Beast of the Southern Wild. So a lot of great actors and um, a great story. And that film has finally made it to where they're going to release on streaming and limited theater release. I think I'll have to put the date in the description... Um uh, let me just write that down date of release um, hopefully I can find out where they can where they're gonna uh, release it for streaming so you can uh, download it and watch it uh, I just want to say congratulations to these guys because they spent um, I mean they've been working on this whole thing from beginning to end for about four years. Um, they've changed the script a lot they changed the locations a lot they got funding from scratch you know they like they they pitched and they they um, you know they they hunted down they held events they they fundraised they did everything they got like a proper indie film budget um my friend ben samuels who uh now lives in hamburg who's going to be doing the the next music video for me um for the next single he's he's the the special effects uh, uh vfx visual effects coordinator for the film he made these beautiful backdrops and seamless uh special effects you won't even notice are fake and uh and this actually mo you can see it it's the t-shirt easy does it from the from the film release so i am really proud of these guys and i have two songs from my first record in this film so uh go and see it and uh it's called easy does it and i'm really proud of it i'm really proud of those guys
1: I'm super curious about it because um, through you, I kind of knew about this project for, for years, like you mentioned, um, and, and you told me they were invited to those kind of festivals, etc. cetera. Um, but I never thought, okay, at some point I can just go on Netflix or Amazon or whatever and, and stream it. So um, I'm pretty curious. Let's check that out yeah super nice by the way talking about netflix have you seen space force yet no
0: i i i I love steve carell and i love ben schwartz and john malkovich but then i i remember like the day it came out i happened to be on reddit and i saw i think vulture magazine or or something gave it like terrible reviews and i thought oh no i don't want to see steve carell in something that's bad because i i like him so much so i i didn't watch it have you seen it
1: um yes uh, the first few episodes, and I can't exactly um remember um during uh, which episode I fell asleep <laughs> because it was pretty late already um oh, but I definitely seen the first um two and a half episodes and um found it pretty entertaining and um pretty funny, okay, so you liked it i i yeah i i I like the whole idea about this kind of cool but not too obvious um sitcom humor but paired with those big effects and space stations and whatever I think that's a pretty pretty in- interesting approach to for a, for a, for a comedy show
0: you know i just found out something really cool about space force today it's funny that you bring that up um, so a friend of mine from the school uh, said that you know obviously Space Force is based on President Trump's um, initiative to build this ridiculous thing, and what what Netflix did was that when they they started making the show as you know because it is a, a joke about about this, and they realized that um, the 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 White House basically did not patent the name Space Force. They didn't like, you know, copyright it. So Netflix did, did it. They, they uh, patented and saved the name. So they're legally allowed to use the name for the TV show. But uh, Trump and them, if, if Space Force were to, in some way, actually, in so many words, get off the ground, um, they won't be able to use that name legally.
1: <laughs> nice move, Netflix.
0: This is kind of like a little a little fu from Netflix. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice one. That's uh, so crazy. No, but um, um, let um, me I- just. Um, I'm, I'm, y- yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, um, I just wanted to say, um, if you find the time, watch the first uh, two episodes, and let me know what you think. It would be interesting.
0: Yeah, I will. I will. I'm probably gonna check it out. Um, I was gonna say um, I wrote down um, an interesting, an interesting update on the job search that I want to tell you about. But um, I'm just gonna go quickly, run as fast as I can, and pee, and then come right back.
1: Perfect.
0: Okay, ten seconds.
1: It's always super funny when Skype freezes um, and then gets back on running a few seconds later and speeds up everything that, that it has captured in between. So it's kind of bad that this is not a video podcast and you could not see the delay and the gap between Jordan saying he's running to the toilet and him in my in the image that I have on my computer actually standing up and leaving the room because it he looked like um like the roadrunner
0: all right and we're back uh, what we talked about last time was you know um I wouldn't I don't want to say that the job that I was talking about um a couple of weeks ago was like a fantasy but I do think something like this can exist and what I'm really trying to do right now is find something similar and I think um Besides, like, what I've been doing is going on things like, of course, LinkedIn and Zing and Indeed and I think it's Glassdoor or Green, Green Door or something like that. All these job sites. And um, basically, I sent out a few, like, Initiativbewerbungen, Bewerbungen, right? Um, and this, and for, for anyone who doesn't understand that it's just, like, sending resumes out without the company requesting one, like just blank, like, Hey, I'm looking for a job. Um, and there's two that I I thought sounded really cool. And I really hope that one of these companies gets back to me, but I, am not sure if I'm qualified really. Um, but what I would really like to do is, um, actually maybe work as a music supervisor for, um, a film or media company. Um, alongside, you know, perhaps working in, um, like content creation or, or social media or, um, you know, like we talked about on the, on the other show working somehow with, with, um, with media and long story short, um, a humongous company that you definitely know that has made a lot of great content is Constantine film. And, I sent an initiativesbewerbung to Constantine Film as, um, you know, someone, maybe I could do like an internship or something or uh, get into like music supervision because I told them, you know, I, I love um, like hunting for fresh music and I'm a musician myself and I speak the language in terms of, you know, music itself and the music business. And I'm familiar with these programs. I'm familiar with, you know, networking and building up you know, these kinds of lists for, for people. And I think I could, you know, find fresh sounds for a, for a television show or for a movie or something. And I sent out this, this thing to them today. And you're going to love this. TikTok is looking for a music supervisor.
1: (laughs) Is that the reason why there is this humongous amount of TikToks finding their way to your Instagram story? <laughs> Due to today, there is, has been one Instagram story of yours which has only been the end where the name of the of the profile pops up of a of an of a TikTok. Really, that's something I already wanted to ask you about. Oh
0: well, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, when you save the videos, sometimes the Sometimes the clip itself is already fifteen seconds, which is the length of the instagram story so the the credit that automatically gets yeah. attached to the video was made as like a new um like a new Instagram story, so it was like the video that he made, and then the next clip just had to be his yeah, credit, yeah. which is cool I mean he deserves credit. it was very funny what he posted, but Um, yeah, my favorite ones, dude, my favorite ones are... But has this something to do with, with your application? Uh, no, 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 no. I've just, I've just been finding like absolutely like hilarious TikToks and had to share them. Um, I love the one where the guy's like, (laughs) it's so, I'm butchering it to do it over a podcast, but this is so funny. This guy was like... Sure. You can work out every day and you can work out every day and you can run really hard and you can get really good shape and you can try really hard and you can do as best as you can. Or have you thought about getting fat? I love that one, dude. I was like, I watched it like 20 times. I was just crying. <laughs> and there's another really funny one where a guy, uh, is looking at the moon and he's like, tonight will be a perfect night for a werewolf to come out. And then he pans the camera over to a guy in a werewolf mask and the werewolf just goes, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> jesus dude <laughs> that's something new for this podcast explaining tiktoks in an audio format crazy man uh, but imagine man talk about
0: butchering like tiktok is so visual too it's but I'm i
1: try to but... Im- try to picture that and it, i think it could be super awesome you being the musical supervisor for TikTok.
0: Man, I'm I'm sure I'm underqualified for that, but I wrote them. I was like I was like guys, I'm a big fan of the of the app. I'm I'm using it a lot. And you know they're looking for for people who like I'm a musician. Yeah, like they're looking for people who can, you know, draw together unique profiles and unique uh, artists and um, yeah, like pull together um, pull together music for, for their platform. And I think that would be something I would love to do. And I have, thank God I have the, 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 the degree that I can, that I can back up and I have some, I have a lot of experience. I just don't have like the proper projects, I guess, to, to send to their website and stuff. But it was a, a little more of a complicated, um, like fill out form than I would have imagined. But, okay. um, hopefully they write me with something, but, yeah, would I applied it like, I guess since we, what's up, would, would the job be in Munich? No, I don't, I mean, I don't think they have an office here. I think it would maybe if they have an office in Germany, it's probably in Berlin, but I could, I think it's something I could do like from somewhere else. Okay. And that would be ideal if I could find a job where I don't have to, um, you know, I would only have to go to their office maybe like a few times, um either a month or a few times a year, that'd be great. Um, but, uh, man, that would be such a, such a dream job. But I applied at, um, I applied at probably, I would say comfortably probably eight companies that are looking for like eight companies that deal with like film or television or media, or they have like a brand that I thought looked good that I could feel comfortable supporting, that are looking for, you know, like, yeah, either musical supervision or content creation, or also if anyone listening to this, you know, has any, uh, connection to, to radio or film or television, like write us because I'm, I'm really curious to see if people need things like this. Like I would love to be a musical supervisor. Like whenever, um, you know, there's a great show on Netflix. Uh, Oh my God. It's British. I think it's oh yeah, end of the fucking world. Have you seen that before?
1: Um, only one episode or so. I haven't. Um, I'm not okay.
0: It's it's really cool. Um, I didn't finish the second season, but the first season has a really great like plot line all the way through, and um, it has an amazing soundtrack. It's really like perfect for it. And you know, films like you know what Wes Anderson puts together and stuff like these these shows and movies that are built off of what the music tells you is something I would love to put together for, for, um, for projects like that. And, um, yeah, that would be, that would be really cool. So I applied at these and we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. But that, that's a beginning. And those are all pretty interesting sounding, um, jobs, obviously.
0: Yeah dude, I hope it works out. I I even, you know, I'm not I'm not totally desperate yet, but I'm of course like really on the hunt because I've only got one more month at this uh, school. But I even uh yeah, I even called this uh Gama guy, Phil, and was like, "Hey man, you know lots of musicians and you know lots of businesses going on." Um he actually told me something interesting. Um he couldn't really help me too much, but he did inform me of something I didn't know. He said, um um, that there are not so many, um, sync agencies in Germany. So these, uh, for people who don't know, sync agencies are those companies that look for music to put into television and, um, film. And like, for example, there's this, uh, Swedish television show. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing this right, but I think it's called like Eskamig. it's, I think it's like, love you or love me or something with love. And, um, they like the sync agency attached to that network, uh, wrote me about getting a song into that show. So that happened earlier this year too, that like my, like a song of mine was synced into, you know, licensed into that same with this movie. Easy does it. It's like, we deal with these sync, sync agencies. He's saying there's not so many, um, in Germany. There's one called white horse music. Um, I never heard of that before. Um, but that might be an option that I could try and work out because apparently Phil and I have a mutual friend who has a friend who works at that agency. So, um, perhaps I could even try and get into one of these fresh sync agencies in Germany and uh, try and find music for TV. I think that would also be really fun.
1: Yeah, it sounds like kind of the the the, the same job, just you're not selecting music for TikTok, but for for actual uh, TV program.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And either one would be really cool. Uh, either one, as long as I can be a part of like creating some some cool content somehow. Um, but yeah, man, if you could, um, if you could travel anywhere tomorrow, I think what what would be the first place you'd want
1: to go to? Um, whew. I guess. Let me look. I got a I got a huge world map right in front of me, and I guess I would say South Africa. South Africa. Okay, like
0: Johannesburg or another place.
1: Maybe just I don't know how long how long my 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 journey um, could be, but <laughs> um, taking whatever I can get. Let's say you could go a month. Let's say you go a month. Then anywhere then anything i could i could um could get like obviously o- obviously the coast port port elizabeth cape town um and then maybe a short trip to namibia so basically i've i've never been to africa and i want to explore africa i also guess south africa is the most basic answer for for that and the most basic africa trip as a <laughs> what european you could you could think of but i guess it could be a a good good starter journey and i've never been so far in the in the southern hemisphere that's one thing i'm i'm super curious about
0: man i would say if you're going to go to africa Yes, go to South Africa. I've never been there. I'm sure it's really cool, but I, I really have to recommend the uh, the Far East. Man, like Tanzania was the coolest place I've ever been to. It was so.
1: You've been to Tanzania.
0: Tanzania and Zanzibar. Oh, okay. Yes, man. We went. We went in 2018. It was like the the honeymoon. Um, and man, it was the greatest trip I've ever taken in my life. I would really, really recommend. Uh, I would really, really recommend that we did like, I think it was like a week and a half in Tanzania. There was like a safari. It was their winter time there. <clears throat> we went in July and, um, we were the only ones on this huge plot, like right on the beach of the Indian ocean. So you would, you know, you'd stand on the beach and look all the way left and all the way right. And there was no body, nobody. And it was unbelievable, man. There was like, you know, we saw uh, like a herd of tall black african elephants and um we saw like really exotic birds and giraffes and it was a really 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 cool time and then we went to zanzibar and went to stone town and saw these crazy food markets and uh swam in the ocean and yeah man i would really recommend the east as well but i would i would check out the south i i, I keep trying to convince uh Ify of where we should try and go next and um I think she's really feeling someplace like Iceland, which I've never really thought about before. <laughs> um, That's
1: something I would al- I would also think about. But I've been to to Scandinavia, to Norway, the very north of it. So so beyond the the what do you call it? Pol- polar Circle, I guess. Basically, where did you go? You went up
0: to you went all the way like to the how how north did you go the,
1: the the very north the the very north of norway um beyond the Arctic circle oh wow okay so it, it doesn't really it, it was in summer and so it it doesn't really um get dark at any point of day or night um but iceland is 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 i guess also special but iceland is also i don't know there's a there's a i feel like there's a new hype of Europeans going to Iceland within the last 10 years and so and I want to go to a place and so maybe South Africa is not the best guess because I, I want to go to a place where I can for the okay. first time in my life be the only German tourist being around <laughs> because that's something that fucks me up every time no matter where I go there are always German tourists <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh yeah i mean dude you just the first place you chose was south africa i'm sure that's swarmed with german tourists (laughs) yeah so and you know what i mean in terms
1: of that it was pretty dumb to call it
0: no 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 it's probably still uh, i mean i'm sure it's an amazing place to see but i was just thinking like you're saying iceland is kind of trendy for europeans to go to do you think is iceland the new australia because i feel that every time any yeah, yeah. German person between 19 and 24 decides to go like take a year off of their life. They're always like, and then I went to Sydney and I stayed there and I played guitar on the streets and I was busking and I made my own shoes out of hemp. And then I my I got a dreadlock and um, I met this guy named, um, you know, like Toby and we went surfing together and, Makes me—it's just so fucking uh, yeah. predictable.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's either Australia, New Zealand, or something like um, Thailand, um, Vietnam, Bali. Oh, Bali! So yes, Indonesia or, yes. or Vietnam or something. Oh. Dude, I you know. I've realized. I think, yeah. I think I I would be, I think I would be interested in going to, going to Bali because of this. This clash I've heard about because um Australians told me that Bali is kind of the the island Mallorca is for Germans. So they go they go there for their for their all-inclusive party um holidays, get completely shit faced every day, behave like shit. And on the other hand, you have all those European girls just finish their A levels, etc., who wanna find themselves or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The, and, the, and those kind of hippie v- vibes, and I guess it could be interesting to see this this clash. Yeah, yeah, I would like to see that. I would like to see that. I I think yeah. yeah. Maybe all of the Australians go to Bali because all the German girls come to Australia. Dude, that's Or it's not just girls, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I I always
0: kind of feel bad for for like when when these young German girls go to Australia and like if they have boyfriends back home. What, like, what nightmares must be running through these boyfriends' heads. Because if you ever look at the Instagram photos of these girls who go to Australia for a summer or whatever, then they always meet these fucking super fit guys who are, they're all, you know, <laughs> six foot two. They all have like curly blonde hair down to their shoulders. They all have like super six packs with the little V's and like, you know, as, as Joe Rogan would say, like the dick root you know, like the shorts are so low. You see the dick root <laughs> and, uh, and they're all like crazy tan and they're surfers and they're all relaxed. And I feel like if I, if I was a German guy and my girlfriend wants to wanted to go to Australia for a month, I'd be like, okay, look, either you have to wait until I can afford to go with you or we're just going to go ahead and have to have to split this up. Cause I don't trust you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or like, I don't trust the temptation. You know what I Bad, mean? But, um, one thing, what is the American equal to, or let's say the, the the New Orleans equal to the German girls going to Australia?
0: Man, probably the you know probably for all of the states, the standard like go to place if you're not from there to travel to. <laughs> so it's probably Miami. To be honest with you, it's probably spring like spring break time uh, for all the college people and like the seniors in high school and stuff, everyone goes to Florida. Everyone goes to Florida. And cause it's mostly beach and it's mostly alcohol and it's mostly
1: and mostly crocodiles. Yeah.
0: It's like crocodiles <laughs> and, uh, and, and like uh, date rape drugs. That's mostly what the sand of Florida is made of crocodile teeth and date rape powder. And, uh, I think it's such a, such a, I mean, okay. Florida is way too easy to make fun of. It's like, everyone knows Florida's trashy, but, um, I would say like if, if people don't go to, um, I, probably most traveled is like, okay, people, everyone wants to go see New York. Everyone wants to go to LA. They want to go to, they want to go to Miami or the someplace in Florida and get hammered like Pensacola or something and like pass out. Um, and then traveling internationally, which is a significantly smaller amount because so many Americans don't travel but when they do probably they go to Cancun or to somewhere yeah somewhere in Mexico probably or um or I'm trying to think usually I'm trying to think of some place that's not so exotic that they think is really exotic honestly probably it's just a basic euro trip like that's that's such a that's such a classic thing they're like oh let's go see you know they want to go to um you know Italy and Spain and France okay oh, France that's it it's Paris it's Paris
1: <laughs> every
0: every basic american uh when they think about traveling internationally they all say the same thing it's like either either they're going to go uh, to New York or if they're going to travel out of the country then they go like, oh, but I've always wanted to go to Paris. I've always wanted to see Paris. Let's go to the Eiffel Tower and have a croissant with some red wine. Oh my god, it'd be so romantic.
1: <laughs> this was the most American impersonation ever. Nobody drinks red wine croissants. Oh my god. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. Those- oh, my God. Jonathan, let's go to Paris. Come on. Let's <laughs> go and see the Eiffel Tower. Do you think there's really mimes there?
1: <laughs> Basically, for those who um, do not know, that's Jordan's story, how he ended up in, in Europe. Just a little accident <laughs> on, his, on, his, on his basic bitch Euro trip. Five years later, we <laughs> were we'll sitting here.
0: You know, what's funny is in 2013, I did that bitch ass Euro trip and I never did it again. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That
0: was a good trip though. I mean, I get the appeal. You know, if you did, if you do it all in a month, if you do it all in a month, you see, you see the whole thing. You're like, all right, I get it. Different windows, different doors. But you know, like, (laughs) you know, like, okay, this guy drinks coffee funny and everyone smokes. Cool. I've seen Europe, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm. So, I, pff, we we talked about it before, but I am sometimes surprised that Europe doesn't have a higher like alcoholism uh, level than Americans. <laughs> because I feel like every everybody in Europe I always see them with like their you know beer and wine and and schnapps and stuff and. But I guess they're just classier with it. They just know when to say no, that's been enough.
1: <laughs> I think that's also bullshit <laughs> from a European's point of view. <laughs>
0: probably, probably, man. I imagine like the the number of alcoholics, uh, secret alcoholics in Europe is probably the same as like actual you know, COVID nineteen numbers that China isn't releasing. It's kind of like, no, we're doing fine. Everything's great. Yeah. America is the b- only the only bad one. Yeah. Don't worry about us. We we, dis- we we you know we disinfected the streets and we wiped down the cars and we told everyone to stay inside. We're a okay. And then you re- you really go there and they're like, everyone stay inside. It's code red. <laughs>
1: yeah, but you know? but that's that's basically a thing I guess Europeans or especially Germans tend to do um to always look at other places like okay basically you're having issues like alcoholism or whatever you have anywhere around the world in 21st century um but people tend to like not realize how big the 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 problem actually is in europe but always look at ah look at the states and um the unemployment rate is is humongous. They don't have insurances and whatever, or no one can afford can afford them. And um, Europe is is a sacred land, kind of kind of that storytelling. And I'm often disturbed by that.
0: Yeah, I mean that. Well, right now it's easier than ever to just point fingers at America, and rightfully so. I mean, it's just falling apart at the seams in every single way. But in general, like even you know, even like uh, even like eight or nine years ago, you know, like primetime Obama era America, which was like looking really good in general, at least on paper uh, or on the media or stuff, then, you know, that's probably a time where, you know, not so many fingers should have been pointed for dumb things like that, but it's always easy. Americans are loud yeah. and they're drunks and they, they're kind of rude about other cultures. I mean, I was also... I was also way more ignorant about like respecting differences with, I wasn't racist, but I was definitely more ignorant about respecting differences and, in, in cultures and stuff. And like, uh, you know, living, basing all of my information about other places on stereotypes that i would gotten from, you know, movies or whatever. And thought America was kind of like home base for the world, <laughs> you know, and it's so dumb. It's so dumb, but again, I mean, who is what, who is really any country to point fingers? I think the only country that could probably really point fingers and make fun. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Iceland. It's I mean, Iceland. but they fuck each other. they they have to have a, there's, there's a website to make sure you don't fuck a cousin <laughs> in Iceland. Did you know that? <laughs> That's true.
1: No dude that's 100% true you know
0: uh, I worked for Stephanie at at Café Blah. she's Icelandic and she's here in Munich and she I asked her about this thing once because I heard it there's like a government mandated website that's constantly updated and it's so that you can check that the guy you're dating or the girl you're dating uh, is not not related to you because the population was so inbred and they've uh, (laughs) and it's so small the amount of people that's absolutely nuts to me that you could accidentally have sex with like a third cousin.
1: Yeah. That's, that's, that's super weird. But, um, I want to say one thing about this, this ignorance and, and uh, finger pointing at, at other countries, because I think Europe has, has a culture for that because of its history. Um, and they, they tend to say like, yeah, we've been through that and that we're, we're highly educated on these topics and, what we have we have worked on our our Nazi history in Germany. Um, now there's this this racism case in the, in the US. Oh no, what's happening there? And um, but now there's a moment where many pe- people realize you don't have to look to the US. We have the same fucking problem here. Right, right, yeah, it sure. Just yeah. was easier to 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 make this a, an American problem. Right. But basically, we have systematic racism to this day in europe in basically every european country
0: absolutely absolutely yeah it's like yeah it's it's i mean it's it's hard to say if it's if it's no i would say it's it's obviously worse in america i mean there's much more like violence and murder related to this and it's you know but it's hard to say i mean like I, I don't. The thing is, I don't know the information about Europe's systemic racism as much as I understand America's systemic racism, especially now. What all is like what you're learning all the time now about stuff that you didn't think about before. But, um, you know, when I think about how, in terms of bad, it's like, yes, of course, there's the. Uh, the 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 prison system is targeted towards African Americans because of racism and 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 there's more and you know like we talked about that in the last episode a lot and um there you know the 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 death rate from you know cops cops to African Americans like one in every one thousand American born black men is is going to die at the hands of a cop and um you know we there's and, and like, I don't know, and, and like the welfare system and the, the education system and the housing system, it's all, it's all targeted and all meant to keep this, this race of people as low and as quiet and as poor as possible, uh, at all costs. And, um, that's something that I see in America a lot. And I, I know that that racism exists, um, in in europe and of, of course it does and it, it's against you know the 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 refugees who were just you know so many of them were led into germany in the last three or four years and um they it, it's against um well i mean you you know you as a german can probably dive into that easier than i can i mean where do you see it as a german
1: mm, there's one there's one fundamental point I also have never thought about but um have listened to or have read because there is an uh, a Afro-German um I don't know if you could say Afro-German her, her dad is a is an Afro-American from Philadelphia her mom is no the other way around her, her mom is is from Philadelphia her dad is in, from Cologne and she's a a black journalist and and author in um in Germany and has written an amazing book which its title is um, Was weiße menschen nicht über Rassismus hören wollen, aber wissen sollten which translates to what white people don't want to hear but should know about racism. And she al- al- already uh, she always um, somehow compared the situations in, in the USA with versus in, in Europe and she says one thing um, I'm not quite sure if it's something she said within the book or has told on a podcast. I not one hundred percent sure, but the point is that um, in in the in in the states um, you have the, the 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 racist problems you just you just mentioned, but there's still black people are still part of the society. They're treated in a in a in a in a f- f- fucked up way in so many situations, and there is a systemic problem but they're still part of the society because of the, the whole history of, of, of slavery there, etc. And in Europe, you often have a more xenophobic um, racism in terms of coming to a, to a village on a, a German countryside and some of the people living there might have never seen a black pe- person before in their life, but also have built up in their heads a kind of um, racist uh, thinking. Right,
0: right. Yeah. I could imagine the racism in Europe being far more against, uh, like maybe even just like m- the Muslim religion in general, because they don't understand like seeing a hijab or seeing, you know, the, um, the distance between the, you know, traditional men and women as they walk or something or like, um, you know, I, there's, that's muddy water, honestly, because it's, it's hard, it's hard to say if people are in every circumstance, just against something that they don't think is right. Or if it's, if they're confused because they don't understand it and they're older and they choose to ignore the changes and yeah, it's really hard to say. I mean, I, yeah, but I, I'm, I, it's yeah. I, I guess the,
1: the, the, the point I wanted to make um, the difference I see through what I have heard and read, et cetera, is that, in the US you have a um an more of an open clash between um by POC and a a white society that has been unfair to them for hundreds of years. Right. Um but all all of those events happening within one country in Europe, it's more subtle because that's it. <laughs> Europeans didn't tr- treat people like shit in their in their homes. They went over to Africa and treated people like shit there.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And now and 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 you still have this clash, but it it seems so far away and um, and people think, okay, um especially in Germany, we have been through the post um the post-Nazi times and there has been this kind of society rebuild etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and that's a point where we can't really be um, racists because we've been through that.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Germany has to be very, yeah. They think, they think
1: okay, we've been through that, now
0: it's enough. Right, right. I mean, Germany of all places um, needs to be like leading the forefront on the idea of anti-racism. They need to be like the people at the front of the line showing how a country can come back from tragedy and come back from... Um, you know, ignorance and, and, and hate, and they can, you know, become such a open border and understanding progressive country. And it's done wonders. It's, it's really, it's, it's done amazing things in the last, um, you know, 60, 70 years, but there's always room for more growth. And I think especially in a time like this where the world seems to be um, at the boiling point, it's, it's maybe time for a, for a country like that to, um, say something and to, to represent something good amongst all of the people, the best way that it can. Um, and unfortunately I know that we're diving into like a super interesting topic right now, but unfortunately now I'm, I'm really running a little bit late and now I have to stop. Um, but, um, I love this. Maybe let's make a note to, to try and come back to this, uh, next week because I feel like we, we always dive into this really interesting stuff right at the end, and our schedules have been so tight, especially me the last two weeks. So I, I hate that I have to cut it off again, but um, uh, I thank would y- I
1: would I would suggest that we that we get back um into this topic, and uh, but search for someone who can say more about this. Yeah,
0: maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. Someone who can teach us, um, and like inform people, actually inform people, and not just give because mine is just opinions. I really don't, I'm not educated enough to really be able to help people learn. Um, Okay. So Mo, thank you so much for your time. I love you, buddy. You're the man. Um, And yes, if you enjoyed today's episode, please go to Spotify or Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. And please give us a good rate or review or a comment or share us around, or even just tell a friend because word of mouth really still helps these show's Um, a lot more than you think. So thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll see you next week, guys.
1: Bye-bye. Falsey Falsey Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.